We're getting reports that California Governor Gavin Newsom will appoint Emily's List President LaFonza Butler to fill the seat of Senator Dianne Feinstein, who died last week. That seems awfully unfair, replacing Dianne Feinstein. Since when did being dead disqualify someone from serving in the Senate? Well, the last time we saw Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy was Friday night. The 2023 budget was coming to an end at 12.01 a.m. Sunday morning. And with no 2024 budget close to getting passed, McCarthy needed to get some sort of short-term spending bill passed in the House and then sent up to the Senate and then to Biden's desk with little more than a day to get all that done. To placate the hard-right members of the Republican Freedom Caucus in the House, McCarthy introduced a short-term spending bill, a stopgap measure, a continuing resolution, or a CR. He introduced that on Friday morning, and McCarthy's CR, his continuing resolution, his short-term spending bill, his stopgap measure. Find one name for the goddamn thing. Call it a stopgap spending bill. Uh, His uh, stopgap spending bill uh, would keep the government funded for another month, but at the same time deliver an across-the-board 30% spending cut for every agency except Defense, Homeland Security, and Veterans Affair. The bill also toughened border security, but offered nothing for Ukraine. If passed, McCarthy was then hoping to use all of October to pass 12 appropriations bills— The 2024 budget is made up of 12 appropriations bills. Just a reminder, uh, uh, four have been kind of passed. So to McCarthy's credit, he did spend all of last week ignoring the continuing resolution. Everybody thought he was crazy because he was focusing on four of the 12 appropriations bills and He pretty much, to his credit, got them ready to be sent to the Senate for conference. And he seems to have gotten the Pentagon Appropriations Bill, the State Department Appropriations Bill, the Agriculture Appropriations Bill, and the Homeland Security Appropriations Bill up and ready to be moved into the Senate. And given the pressure he's been under, that's no small feat. So if you recall, early Friday morning, He refused to even entertain a bipartisan continuing resolution bill that was making headway in the Senate. And that would have kept the government open until mid-November by maintaining spending at 2023 levels with just an additional $12 billion bump split evenly between disaster relief and Ukraine. So, as promised, on Friday morning, McCarthy introduced his continuing resolution to the floor of the House. It failed. 198 to 232, with 21 Republicans voting with Democrats against Speaker McCarthy's Friday continuing resolution. Now, 21 Republicans joined the Democrats to vote against it, but those 21 Republicans who voted with the Democrats didn't vote against it for the same reasons the Democrats did. Democrats rejected it because it would cut spending by 30 percent, And Republicans rejected it because it didn't cut deep enough. And some of them don't even want continuing resolutions. They are fundamentally opposed to keeping the government open past October 1st if there's no budget. So Friday ended very poorly 
with Speaker McCarthy being asked what his plan was, and this is what he said. What is the logical next step? Keep working and make sure uh, make sure we solve this problem. But what are we working on? What's in your back pocket, Speaker? Right. Nothing right now. Broke. <laughs> Nothing right now. I'm broke. Nothing right now. I'm broke. That was Friday night, ending with a government shutdown. Likely, there was what is called a clean CR, a clean continuing resolution. It was up in the Senate. Essentially, Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer in the Senate, ironed out what they called a clean continuing resolution with minority leader Republican Mitch McConnell. It was considered a clean CR, that was the term, because it kept spending at 2023 levels until November. And like I said, it only included $12 billion extra split between disaster relief and Ukraine. Schumer and McConnell last week got a trial balloon version of this continuing resolution passed with only 17 voting against it. They had what is essentially a clean continuing resolution. And McCarthy said, not going to introduce it because it contains money for Ukraine. So Senate Republicans and newly independent Senator Kirsten Sinema, she used to be a Democrat, she worked with Republicans to speak with House Republicans, and she reported back to Schumer that if you keep in disaster relief, take out Ukraine and add money for the border, you might get McCarthy and some Republicans to support a version of the Senate's continuing resolution. That was all happening Friday night. But McCarthy said no. His ego would not allow a continuing resolution to come out of the Senate first because spending bills traditionally, some say because of the Constitution, spending bills are supposed to come out of the House of Representatives first. So the question Friday was, would he be able, would Kevin McCarthy be able on Saturday morning with the government shut down looming, 12.01 a.m. Sunday morning, government shuts down. Would Kevin McCarthy be able to come up with his own continuing resolution using the bipartisan Senate, their continuing resolution, as guidance? Could he get essentially a clean continuing resolution passed in the House without the far-right MAGA Republicans? Because there's no way they would vote for it. It would have to be bipartisan. Would he risk working with Democrats in the House after being warned that if he reaches across the aisle and passes a bipartisan continuing resolution, then his arch nemesis, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, would immediately file a motion to vacate the chair, which means the first week of October would begin a whole new round of voting for a new speaker. Would Kevin McCarthy work with Democrats to keep the government open? And would the Democrats in the House make a promise to vote for him as speaker in exchange for a bipartisan continuing resolution? Would they vote for him as speaker when the far-right Freedom Caucus demands new elections? Would McCarthy 
Would he be able on Saturday to conjure up a clean, continuing resolution with no funding for Ukraine, get it passed, and then be able to get a $24 billion bipartisan spending bill for Ukraine passed later this month? Because he wants that, even though the MAGA Republicans don't. Would Kevin McCarthy abandon the Freedom Caucus and find a modicum of success working with Democrats, or would the government shut down? Saturday was an historic day of brinkmanship, compromise, and actual leadership on the part of Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who not only kept the government from shutting down, he revealed that he might be a lot savvier than some people gave him credit for. And he may, just may, keep his speakership and at the same time deliver a much-needed death blow to the far-right Freedom Caucus, which has been making it next to impossible for Washington, Washington to function since the Freedom Caucus was founded in 2015. I'll try to fill you in on all this, but first, this is the mop-up for October 2nd, 2023. I'll have more on the budget battles in a second, but... Donald Trump has a busy week starting on Monday when his fraud trial begins in New York. State Attorney General Letitia James is suing him for $250 million, accusing him of defrauding banks and insurers by inflating the values of his properties by as much as 2,500 <laughs> percent. He, he, he inflated the values of his properties by as much as 2,500 percent to take out loans using those fictitious valuations as collateral. Now, this trial has no jury. All decisions in this civil fraud trial, all decisions will be what are called summary judgments. Summary judgments are rulings from the bench. One judge decides everything. And already the judge in pretrial hearings last week found Trump guilty on most counts. Now, obviously, Trump is going to appeal, but where it stands now, the judge has ordered Trump and his three dim-witted sons to surrender their, uh, I'm sorry, dim-witted children to surrender their New York State business licenses, as well as liquidate all the limited liability companies that own Trump's New York properties, including Trump Tower. All these properties will go into receivership and get sold off. The trial begins this week because there are still a few other counts he's been charged with that need adjudicating. And Trump and his three adult children, Ivanka, Eric and Don Jr., will be called to the stand. This could be the trial, I believe, that breaks Donald Trump. For the next few weeks, New York State Attorney General Letitia James will be, will be presenting forensic accountants who will explain that Trump added anywhere between $1 billion to $2.5 billion fictitious dollars of wealth each year to his doctored books in order to defraud his lenders. What we're hearing right now is that when New York State Attorney General Letitia James filed her lawsuit a year ago, she pegged the fine that she hoped to exact at $250 million. But then the discovery phase of the trial began and she had a chance to look over Trump's books and said to the judge, the man's lies are staggering, unquote. 
It is believed now that she is going to ask the judge to increase the fines to as much as half a billion dollars or even more. What makes this even more delicious is Trump reportedly has no money. He doesn't have any cash and he's borrowed against all his properties so that when they are sold off, he doesn't get any of the proceeds because he doesn't own those properties. That money goes to his creditors, to the banks. Got it? This is essentially what his finances are like. Let me put this in a way that I understand it. Donald Trump has a 1998 Toyota Celica. But he wants to buy a $3 million Lamborghini. He goes to the bank and says, I need a loan. The bank says, how much do you need? He says $3 million to buy a Lamborghini. The bank says, well, that's an expensive car. We'll need collateral in case you can't pay back the loan. Trump says, no problem. I'm good for it. I have a 1998 Toyota Celica that's worth $6 million. The bank says to itself, I like this guy because he's as dishonest as we are. So the bank says, hang on for a second. Let me go into the back office. Let's call the bank Deutsche Bank. And they have a meeting and they say, you know, all that cash we're laundering for the Russian mafia. Let's lend some of it to this idiot and he'll clean it for us. Let's give him $3 million worth of rubles that were stolen from the Russian people by our ex-KGB agent turned oligarch living in London who we're doing business with. And Trump will borrow that money. He'll start paying us back with clean money. And then when he goes belly up, we end up owning the $3 million Lamborghini he bought with the money he borrowed from us, along with that 1998 Toyota Celica that he lied about and insisted was worth $6 million when actually it was worth, with a full tank of gas, $50. In other words, Deutsche Bank has millions of dollars it has to clean. So they lend it to Trump who buys a $3 million Lamborghini, essentially, but he's buying it for Deutsche Bank because they know eventually he's going to default on the loan and they get the Lamborghini, or in this case, the building, right? Not the car. They don't care about the BS car that he put up as collateral. He's buying the Lamborghini for Deutsche Bank. He essentially is buying a Lamborghini, and Deutsche Bank knows that he can't pay off the loan, and eventually it'll belong to them, or he'll go to another lender to borrow money to use to pay Deutsche Bank back with interest, and all that filthy money we gave him has been cleaned for the Russian oligarch, and it's a clean income stream for Deutsche Bank. It's a win-win. OK, again, instead of a Lamborghini, uh, we're talking skyscrapers, hotels and golf courses. Trump doesn't own any of these properties. And now, after New York State has sued him for fraud, nobody's going to lend him money. In fact, nobody's been lending him money for years, which is why he has the Save America pack. He uses those donations to live off. If he doesn't get elected president, he's going to prison. 
That's a fact. He's going to prison. And while he's in prison, he's basically Johnny Sack from The Sopranos, turning what's left of his business over to his idiot optometrist brother-in-law, who's going to sell everything Trump has left. His watches, his hair pieces, his tubes of bronzer, whatever he has left for pennies on the dollar. He's going to come out of prison with no place to live. That's why he's got to get elected president. Talk about building a hole for yourself. But the problem is he can't get elected president because he's ripping off his donors. And Jack Smith, the special counsel, is about to indict him for wire fraud, for ripping off his donors through the Save America PAC, which has raised hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars that has disappeared. Nobody knows where it went. And it didn't go for what he told the donors it was going for. He told the donors this is going for investigating election fraud. But none of the money has made it to Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, any of the lawyers, anybody indicted. That money that people donated was supposed to go to the lawyers, uh, Bernard Carrick, people to investigate election fraud. They got none of it. That's wire fraud. When people donate to his campaign, they don't realize it's all going to his legal fees. Trump's liquidity flows from the Save America PAC. He's living off those campaign donations, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of donations, and they're evaporating. They're going. Reuters report, it's going to get so bad for him. You have no, by Christmas, there's going to be a wire fraud indictment. And people who donated to him through Jack Smith are going to discover exactly where this money went. Reuters reports on Sunday that Donald Trump is bleeding cash that he doesn't have and that his legal fees could top his own legal fees could top $100 million. And that doesn't include the settlements. That's just paying lawyers. Reuters says they know for certain that Trump's Save America PAC is footing the legal bills for at least 13, probably more Trump associates. Here's the thing. All the money that's been donated to the Save America uh, PAC It's supposed to be spent on getting Trump back into the White House, not keeping him out of prison. And it's all perfectly legal. This is he's not breaking the law here, but it is a con. It is wire fraud when you raise hundreds of millions of dollars telling people that you're you're raising money to investigate election fraud and that money is used for personal expenses. So. He's running for president. We all know this for two reasons. If he wins, he's less likely to get locked up, although not necessarily. And he needs the donations. He takes all the donations his idiot supporters send him and he uses it to pay his legal fees, his living expenses and the vig on the money he stole from the Russian mafia. Reuters writes on Sunday, quote, Four lawyers and legal experts consulted by Reuters said Trump's defense 
in four criminal prosecutions alone could cost more than $50 million. That's more than all the money raised in the first half of this year by Trump's campaign and its top allied super PAC, Make America Great Again, Inc., known as MAGA. Unquote. Reuters goes on to say, save America's spending on Trump's legal problems could alienate some voters. Gee, you think? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to alienate his imbeciles. On Friday, Special Counsel Jack Smith filed a motion with Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is presiding in Trump's Washington, D.C. election interference trial. He filed a motion for a gag order. In the motion, Special Counsel Smith mentioned that in the last week alone, Trump took to social media and implied that outgoing chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, should be shot for treason because of the way he alerted China in the waning days of Trump's administration, not to worry about Trump declaring any wars. Trump views that as treason. Smith and and suggested that in some other time, Mark Milley would be shot for that. Smith, uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith also mentioned that Trump visited a gun store in South Carolina and said that he was buying a Glock, which Special Counsel Smith reminded everyone is against the law if you are a criminal defendant. Trump's lawyers responded by telling the judge that the special counsel is attempting to violate Donald Trump's right to free speech. Well, free speech, right? He's up against the cancel culture. So like other great comedians, Joe Rogan, Jimmy Dore, Russell Brand, Donald Trump taped his big Netflix comedy special, Guilty as Charged, in front of a hot crowd of California Republicans in Anaheim, California, Friday. He is definitely our generation's Lenny Bruce. Here is a clip from Guilty as Charged, Donald Trump's next Netflix special. If you become president and you don't like somebody or if somebody's beating you by 10, 15 or 20 points like we're doing with crooked Joe Biden, let's indict the mother. Here, let's indict. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. Did he? Did he just say that? We bleep most of that. A lot of great material. Uh I got to warn you, he, he's like Lenny Bruce. He dips into the blue ink, but it's necessary to get his point across. Go ahead, Donald Trump. These are clips from Guilty as Charged, his Netflix special, which uh, you should steal somebody's password next week to watch it. And this guy gets up. Where am I? That is that's not that is from his speech in Anaheim. Watch this again, because it reminds me of prior the way he acts it all out. Uh, great stage work. It, it, it rem- he's acting out Joe Biden. And this guy gets up. Where am I? 
it's it reminds me of early prior, uh, and especially in this clip. Uh, this is really early prior, not early prior, actually late prior, where he opens his heart, he splays his emotions wide open. Nah, he's terrible. Terrible. You know, I'm much tougher on him than I used to be. Out of respect for the office, I was never like. He's the most corrupt president, the most incompetent president we've ever had. But when they indicted me, and then again and again and again, I was never indicted. Now I'm setting records. Al Capone was not indicted so much. Alphonse Capone. If you looked at Al Capone in the wrong way, he'd kill you. He was not indicted like me. I was never indicted. I didn't know. When they taught me at the Wharton School of Finance, they didn't talk about indictment. It's, no, it's a disgrace what's happening. They've weaponized elections. They've done everything. I mean, these are very bad people. But I used to talk relatively nicely about them. I wouldn't go out of my way. I wouldn't say the things I say now. Now I'm just all in because these people are bad and they're dangerous and we have to stop it. I wouldn't say what I say now. I never did. I'd joke. I'd, I'd have a little fun with it, but I wouldn't call him. I call him the worst president in history. I call him the most corrupt president in history, and I call him the most incompetent president. Other than that, he's doing a fabulous job, I think, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing a fabulous <laughs> job. He could have been a late night. He could have left. I was talking to John Ross, and John said, like, he could have left the White John Ross said he could have left the White House and have no criminal problems. He would have proved his point, right? I lost in 2020, but I proved my point. He could have hosted a late night talk show. He could have done commercials. He could have had everything, but he had a hold on to the presidency. The guy could have been, he could have had his own late night television show. Okay. We averted a government shutdown. Let's get to work here. Uh, we averted a government shutdown, even though that's exactly what Donald Trump wanted. He wanted the government shutdown. This week, starting Monday, it's Florida firebrand Matt Gates versus Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I suspect, not knowing much, this is just conjecture, and I've talked to a couple people, I suspect Kevin McCarthy is going to win this battle with Matt Gates. I suspect, as we speak, Kevin McCarthy is writing Matt Gates's political obituary. So a lot of politics is lowering expectations and then delivering at the last minute. And McCarthy, Friday night, he said, I got nothing. I'm broke. But it looks like he knew exactly what he was doing. Look, I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I think he's dishonest, a liar. He only wants power. I don't think he's a good guy. But I'm just talking about the political machinations here. It looks like he knew exactly what he was doing, because I thought the government was going to shut down. Everybody thought the government was going to shut down. He was going to the 11th hour, and it looked like he was trying to placate the far right. And he played it pretty well. He... Uh, he let everybody know he had two choices, shut the government down and be beholden to the far right MAGA Republicans or keep the government open and be beholden to the Democrats. There was no way he could get a continuing resolution passed without working 
with the Democrats, and he decided to risk his speakership, work with the Democrats. McCarthy, again, bad guy, but he's a survivor and, by definition, averting the government shutdown is a profile in courage, assuming he loses the speakership this week, but I don't think he will. You only get a Profile in Courage award from Caroline Kennedy if you pay a political price for doing the right thing. It's why Liz Cheney got a Profile in Courage award this year. She lost her House seat because she stood up to Trump. Gerald Ford lost to Jimmy Carter. By the way, happy birthday, Mr. President. He's 99 yesterday. Uh, Gerald Ford lost to Jimmy Carter in, what was it, 1976? Because partly because he pardoned Nixon and the people over at the Profile and Courage Award committee decided Gerald Ford was worthy of an award. I didn't think so. But you know what it is about the Profile and Courage Award? It's political. It's very political. So if McCarthy doesn't survive the week, he gets his Profile and Courage Award. But I don't think he's going to get it. I think he's going to stay speaker. I think he's been planning how to take out Matt Gates since January when the two of them almost went to blows. First off, right now, going into the week, McCarthy has a lot of power. He just passed the continuing resolution. He's got a much bigger bully pulpit. And even more importantly, he's the biggest fundraiser in the House. Nobody raises more money than Speaker McCarthy. That's why he's the Speaker. Speakers get to be Speaker because they are bag men for Wall Street. So how does McCarthy survive this vacating the chair and the Speaker vote? Well, I don't think there's going to be a motion to vacate the chair. I don't think we're going to see 15, 100 rounds for uh, McCarthy to fight for the speakership again. I think the illusion of power, I think the illusion of having Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic minority leader in the House, having the illusion of Hakeem Jeffries being in his back pocket will be enough to scare the rank-and-file Republicans to get in line, pass the budget, and shut up about his working with the Democrats. So this is how I think the week plays out. This is what I've spoken to some people, and this is what I'm figuring. I think Kevin McCarthy stays in power the same way he got his continuing resolution by secretly working with House Minority Leader Democrat Hakeem Jeffries. Now, remember, to get elected speaker again, McCarthy needs 218 votes. So the math on this is there are, what, 20 Republicans who will abandon him, maybe. So he's going to need Hakeem Jeffries to find 20 members of the Democratic caucus to vote for McCarthy. And this would be incredible to see. Uh, First off, uh, Hakeem Jeffries would be right for doing this because 
whether we like it or not, the American people in 2022 voted to give Republicans the House of Representatives, not Democrats. And for Hakeem Jeffries to honor that would be magnanimous. And it would be unseemly for Hakeem Jeffries to try to become speaker and he'd fail. It would be impossible. He doesn't have the votes. What he does have is an opportunity to appear civil, bipartisan, and most importantly, break the MAGA fever. This would totally defang the Freedom Caucus and at the same time demonstrate that Republicans can't govern, that whenever we put Republicans in charge, Democrats have to step in and clean up their mess, like getting Kevin McCarthy the 20 some odd votes he needs so our legislative branch can function with the speaker. I think it's a win-win for Hakeem Jeffries. So what's the deal he makes with Kevin McCarthy? Okay, this is all, what's the term, sub rosa? We're never going to hear about this. But I suspect, and I'm being told, that Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic minority leader, is now looking at members of his caucus who are vulnerable, who are in congressional districts that are purple, maybe shifting, you know, getting redder, districts that Biden either lost in 2020 or barely won in 2020. You have vulnerable Democratic congressmen people in districts that Biden either lost or barely won. Backroom deals like what I'm going to spell out, uh, these are made all the time and we never hear about, we're not supposed to hear about them. It is conceivable that Hakeem Jeffries has already said to Kevin McCarthy, I'll deliver 20 Democrats to vote for you as speaker if they vote to vacate the chair. In exchange, you return the favor by not spending any money on their Republican challengers in 2024. So McCarthy says, all right, I'll control the spending and the, any Democrats who leech over into my column, I will make sure that we don't run a a good challenger, and we won't give that challenger any money. These deals are struck all the time. We're not allowed to hear about that. More importantly, uh, Joe Biden and the Democratic leadership want a $24 billion funding resolution for Ukraine. They want it immediately. And secretly, so does McCarthy. McConnell, the Senate minority leader, the Republican McConnell, is very open. He's pro-Ukraine. And so is McCarthy, but he can't admit it because he's in the thrall or was in the thrall of the Freedom Caucus, which is also the Putin Caucus. Uh, so this $24 billion funding bill for Ukraine could pass with practically every Democrat voting in favor of it. And then you just need a couple of Republicans. So what happens? How does McCarthy survive a challenge to his speakership? Well, I don't think 
there's going to be a challenge. I think it's just going to disappear from the front pages. We're all expecting this big showdown between McCarthy and Gates. I think the way it works in the House is Hakeem Jeffries, he's the Democratic minority leader. He has Nancy Pelosi's old job. If and when the Democrats win back the House, Hakeem Jeffries becomes the speaker and Kevin McCarthy would be the minority leader. I think right now Hakeem Jeffries is signaling quietly to all the Republicans that if there's a motion to vacate the chair, he will deliver as many Democrats as necessary to keep McCarthy as speaker. He does this very quietly. And the more quietly it is done, the more power Kevin McCarthy accrues. The, the more you do this with whispers and planting ideas in everybody's head that McCarthy has the votes necessary, Hakeem Jeffries is going to deliver this without it being official, the more power Kevin McCarthy will accrue within his caucus. More Republicans will fall in line the less they know about his deal with Hakeem Jeffries, which, as far as everybody's concerned, doesn't exist. It's the illusion of power. The illusion of power creates more power than actually flexing your muscle. That's why you never go to war. It's more power. You get more done by not going to war. When you go to war, you show your hand. You show how weak you are. So I think Hakeem Jeffries is quietly signaling to the Republicans, file a motion to vacate the chair. He's going to be speaker. And, uh, and McCarthy is going to seem more powerful. He, he's got the wind uh, at his back right now. And Republican members of Congress are cowards and they go where the power is and they go where the money is. Kevin McCarthy's a big fundraiser. You know, he buys their votes. Uh, except if you're the Freedom Caucus, they can't be bought. They're in, they come from heavily red districts and they, they're just there to destroy things and get attention. So I'm betting by the end of this week, and I've been wrong on many things, but I am betting that Matt Gates doesn't file a motion to vacate the chair. I'm betting there's no vote. I'm betting Hakeem Jeffries has not so secretly given McCarthy all the votes he would need. And uh, we spend the next month passing the budget along with the $24 billion Ukraine spending bill. As President Biden said on Sunday, McCarthy has probably learned his lesson he needs Democrats. He needs bipartisanship more than he needs the Freedom Caucus because they will not let him govern. That's why I think McCarthy is going to work with the Democrats on some bipartisan spending bills and Ukraine. And I don't think Matt Gates or anybody in the Freedom Caucus is going to challenge his speakership because they will pay a huge price now that he secretly has Hakeem Jeffries in his back 
pocket. Matt Gates should have kept his mouth shut. He dodged a bullet with our Justice Department. His best friend is now in jail for doing what Matt Gates was not prosecuted for, but his best friend and his best friend's lawyer asked, why isn't Matt Gates being prosecuted for this? He's not being prosecuted by the Justice Department, but there is an ongoing ethics investigation into Matt Gates, who is accused of violating the Mann Act and plying young girls with drugs. Gates could be expelled from the House, not because of this. They didn't expel George Santos yet. Uh, he could be expelled from the House because most Republicans can't stand him. And Gates knows that most Republicans can't stand him. So I think Matt Gates played his hand and he's done. I think this is where you see Kevin McCarthy, because I've heard Kevin McCarthy mention the ethics investigation. I've heard him remind Matt Gates of the ethics investigation. So how did how did Kevin McCarthy pull this out of the fire? Because Friday, he said, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm broke. Saturday morning began with Kevin McCarthy meeting with his rambunctious caucus. Now, he only had like 14 hours before the shutdown Saturday morning. He wanted a clean, continuing resolution. That's what he said Saturday morning. But he was up against about 20 Republicans, MAGA Republicans, who just wanted the government to get shut down until they had a budget. Here's a Republican congressman from Tennessee, Tim Burchett. He came out of the Saturday morning Republican meeting with Kevin McCarthy saying, I want a shutdown. He was asked about the members of the military who would not get paid until the government opens back up. And this is a fool. This is Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett and this is a fool. I understand, but you're not going to trade paid troops. You're not going to do any of that stuff right now if you shut down the government. They get paid. They, they don't. Pay. They actually don't get paid. They do not lose their houses by law. They do, but they're not getting they paid. They do not lose their houses by law. Right. They'll get reimbursed. It right. always happens. See how to touch and, and cocky and condescending this prick is? We're talking about the military. They don't lose their houses. Yeah, because so many members of our military are homeowners. This is how out of touch he is. What he's saying is they don't get penalized for a missing mortgage payment. Uh, I would assume most members of the military rent and they live paycheck to paycheck. And when the government shuts down, they don't get paid. They get reimbursed after the government opens, but they don't get paid. They're living paycheck to paycheck like most Americans. So the government shuts down. They end up taking out payday loans at exorbitant interest. They don't get reimbursed for the exorbitant interest rates, you prick. That's all just to, to keep paying their bills. And then 
When the government opens back up, they get paid for the weeks they didn't get paid. But it screws up their credit. They have to borrow. And this prick just assumes, oh, they're worried about their mortgage payments. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're talking early Saturday morning. This is a very confident Matt Gates coming out of the meeting with Kevin McCarthy. Again, this is Saturday morning. McCarthy is trying to get a continuing resolution that his Republicans will approve of. On Friday, he couldn't do it. He's trying one last time. And here is Matt Gates storming out of the caucus meeting, insisting there was nothing in the new continuing resolution he liked. He says we need to shut the government down. Gates is pushing single subject spending bills, not an omnibus spending bill. He wants the government shut down until there's a a final budget. And the way you get the final budget, he says, is you vote on each of the 12 appropriations bills line by line, not bundled all together and rushed through the House. Here is Matt Gates. Uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of my colleagues want to continue governing that way. I think we built a lot of momentum by passing single-subject appropriations bills to fund our troops, to fund the border, to fund our Department of State and foreign ops, and to fund our veterans. I think we should keep going on that path, and, and I am concerned, based on what I heard in there, that, that we're going in reverse, not in the right direction. Again, this is Saturday morning. It hasn't been taken to the floor yet. Matt Gates was asked if McCarthy even so much as introduces a continuing resolution, would you introduce a motion for him to vacate the chair? In other words, it's it's not even introducing a continuing resolution would be grounds for vacating the chair for Matt Gates. Here's his answer. If McCarthy puts a CR on the floor, are you going to bring up a motion to oust him? Well, uh, that'll be something I'll chat with my colleagues about. Okay, so Marjorie Taylor Greene is a bottomless pit of self-loathing and need. She's a malignant narcissist who thinks everything is about her. McCarthy, in January, identified her early during his bid to become speaker. She's one of Trump's favorites. She's the squeaky wheel, as well as the squeaky from of the Republican caucus, So the first thing McCarthy wisely did was promise her choice committee assignments in her exchange, in exchange for her vote for speaker. Now, she was denied all committee assignments in the last Congress because of her tweets about taking arms against Nancy Pelosi and other things she said. So Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene had no work to do when Pelosi was speaker. She was she was denied all committee assignments. And McCarthy, when he was running for speaker in January, said, you give me your vote. I know you're a member of the Freedom Caucus. Give me your vote and you will get. Prime choice committee assignments. And she ended up getting kicked out of the Freedom Caucus, partly for this. But now because she's a bottomless pit of need, she feels neglected by Kevin McCarthy. She feels McCarthy has moved past her needs and is instead focusing on less important things like keeping our government running. 
So, because everything is about Marjorie Taylor Greene, she stormed out of the Saturday morning meeting with all the Republicans, not liking, not approving the continuing resolution that McCarthy said he wanted to introduce. Because why? It had nothing to do with her. And more importantly, Kevin McCarthy was asking his new point man, Mike Lawler, Congressman Mike Lawler from New York, to sell the bill. He wasn't using Marjorie Taylor Greene to hit the Sunday morning talk shows and and sell the bill. And she was jealous. So because it's all about Marjorie Taylor Greene, this malignant narcissist, here is Marjorie Taylor Greene storming out of the Saturday morning meeting with the Republican caucus, having a temper tantrum, not against Joe Biden, against her own party. Here's the deal. I fought for the speaker. I fought for the gavel. I've donated. I've paid all my dues to my conference, and I've paid even then some. I also voted for the debt ceiling, and I got attacked over it. Me, 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 me. So Marjorie, what is the speaker planning. You just came out of the the meeting with all the Republican members of Congress. Kevin McCarthy is trying to sell this continuing resolution. What's in it? Tell us. Continuing resolutions, continuing the same bullshit over and over. Wow. The mouth on that woman. Okay. Make this about you, Marjorie. Tell us more. Come on. Oh, it was going so well. Is this how it's going to be? We're $33 trillion in debt, and you want to know why that's the case? Uh, Because your best friend Donald Trump gave tax cuts to the rich, and that ended up tacking $8 trillion onto the national debt uh, because you're against funding the Internal Revenue Service because you don't want to make rich people pay their fair share of taxes. That's precisely why we have a 30 plus trillion dollar debt. But please continue. Because they have a calendar system here that constantly produces continuing resolutions of bloated government spending. And now we're $33 trillion in debt. And we have a current administration whose State Department would rather fund the government of Ukraine and said they will continue funding it during a shutdown and will continue fund a war in Ukraine, not a NATO member nation of ours, not a NATO ally. Yet during a shutdown, they will not do anything to do uh, to shut down the border, stop the illegal invasion down there. They will not pay our military troops. We've passed the defense bill. The Senate can pass it and Joe Biden can sign it. They can't stand up there and say they care about the military because they don't. They only care about funding Ukraine and funding that war. And then, no, then I'm listening to people in here talk about they want to kill Russians. While the Mexican cartel is killing Americans, and this administration has lost nearly 100,000 migrant children. I haven't heard a plan in there to change it and fix the problem. Excuse me, I'm not finished. Yes, you are. You're finished. She reminds me of me. You know, I'm in a rage. I'm angry. She's in a rage. She's angry. We both want to be heard. 
So we're going to rant and rave about something important, pretend we care about it. But what we're really angry about is nobody's paying attention to us. That's all her behavior is. I, ident- I know what she's doing because she, we're the same person. I'm angry. Nobody's paying attention to me. But you can't say that. So I'll pretend I care about the $33 trillion debt. And I'll use that uh, as an opportunity to vent and scream and rant and rave. But in the end, I'm just angry because I'm a bottomless pit of need, a malignant narcissist. And I'm just angry because nobody pays attention to me. But you can't say that, so you just scream about something else. I know exactly who she is because I'm that person. Republican Rob Good of Virginia. No, I'm not. A little bit. There's a little bit of Marjorie Taylor Greene in all of us. Republican Rob Good is very bad. He's from Virginia, and he stormed out of the Saturday morning meeting, insisting that there is no such thing as a clean CR. That would be a clean continuing resolution. Because, and again, I don't like this guy, but trying to understand how these people seethe, they don't think, they seethe. So if you want to understand how they seethe, apparently in the meeting Saturday morning, McCarthy seemed to be proposing that they keep spending levels exactly where they were in the 2023 budget. And Bob Good from Virginia is complaining because this is a new Congress and the new uh, the new Republican majority. It's a new Republican majority. We're in charge now. And McCarthy is asking them to essentially pass Nancy Pelosi's old budget from a year ago. If spending, this is what he's thinking. If spending levels during the continuing resolution stay at the same levels they were a year year ago, then we're basically passing Nancy Pelosi's old budget. And he's saying, what's the point of electing a Republican majority in the House if they're going to deliver a continuing resolution that keeps spending at the same levels as last year's Democratic majority in the House. That's, I mean, I understand. So here, here he is. There is no such thing as a clean CR. To tell me there, a clean CR to keep in place the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer policies for another 30 days or 45 days to keep the spending levels that are bankrupting the country, that is only going to lead to another CR or an omnibus. I predict if we don't, if we pass a CR, we will stop passing our spending it, it bills. Like we the, will stop passing our spending bills. Is- okay, so yeah, at least here you understand what's what they're upset about. A continuing resolution keeps spending at the same level it was a year ago, and these people got the majority promising to cut spending. I disagree with all of that, and I think they should all burn in hell, but this is why they want to block the continuing resolution. So Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday morning, Kevin McCarthy runs his continuing resolution past his 
Republican caucus. He's calling it a clean CR, a clean continuing resolution. Bob Good coming out of the meeting. What do you think? I think you're going to have a CR brought to the floor. He thinks there's going to be a CR brought to the floor. And sure enough, Michael Waller, Congressman Michael Waller from New York, Kevin McCarthy's new pet, took the took to the House floor right after that meeting to make the announcement. Today, on the last day before a potential government shutdown, Speaker McCarthy will be putting a 45-day clean CR with disaster relief on the floor. Okay, a clean CR, essentially keeping spending levels as they were a year ago, but just adding money for, <clears throat> for FEMA. Speaker McCarthy then held a quick press conference to announce what was in this continuing resolution late Saturday morning. I remember 24 hours previously he had a continuing resolution that failed, and he's got 12 hours before the government shuts down. Government has a responsibility in the House and the Senate to pass 12 appropriation bills every single year. Historically, they never do it. When I became speaker, I wanted to change that process. And you failed at it. But to Kevin McCarthy's credit, he did get four out of the 12 appropriations bills up on their feet last week for the Senate to look at. You got to give him credit for that. Everybody thought he was doing busy work getting these appropriations bills ready. He needed to be negotiating a continuing resolution. But to his credit, he did get four out of the 12 appropriations bills up on their feet. Continue. Tell us more about the appropriations bills. The House, we passed 70% of the discretionary spending that we need. We need more time to get the job done. I do not believe our troops should be punished for not getting the job done in the House and the Senate. Okay, now he needs to sell his continuing resolution to Republicans and to America. And you do that, how? By attacking Joe Biden. He hasn't been at the border. He has gone to more dinners with Hunter Biden's business associates than he has to the border in 50 years. Right, that's how you pass budget resolutions, by going after Hunter Biden. And then, because he is a liar, he pretended that he is the white knight in all this, that the Senate failed and they couldn't produce a continuing resolution when, in fact, Kevin McCarthy is a liar. Uh, the Senate didn't fail. The House failed. The continuing resolution that McCarthy's about to take to the floor, it basically used Chuck Schumer's continuing resolution as the template. But, you know, you got to say whatever you have to say so you can sleep at night. Go ahead, pretend it's the Senate that's dysfunctional. Because the Senate cannot act in time, government would shut down. The House is going to act so government will not shut down. You're a liar. You are basically using a clean CR that was kind of sort of passed last week in the Senate and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer put it together. But you need to pretend that you're the savior in all this and you're introducing a clean CR. OK, tell us what the plan is. Liar. 
Speaker Kevin McCarthy. I watched the Senate. They said, let's wait for the Senate. The Senate cannot bring us a bill before shutdown. You're lying. Tell us what the plan is, you effing liar. We will put a clean funding stopgap on the floor to keep government open for 45 days for the House and Senate to get their work done. Okay, so clean resolution, a clean CR, keep spending levels the same, except add money for disaster relief, nothing for Ukraine, and I don't think anything for the border, but I think he has a lie coming his way. How are things between you and the far-right Freedom Caucus, Kevin McCarthy? We will also, knowing what had transpired through the summer, the disasters in Florida, the, the horrendous fire in Hawaii, and also the disasters in California and Vermont, we will put the supplemental portion that the president asked for in disaster there too. Keeping the government open while we continue to do our work to end the wasteful spending, end the wokeism, and most importantly, secure our border. Okay, You're, there's nothing really about securing the border, but how, uh, how are you going to do this? I tried yesterday with the most conservative stopgap funding bill you could find that secured our border, that cut spending, and I couldn't get 218 Republicans on. Okay, you got a problem with your Republicans. He's admitting now that he's got a problem with about 20 Republicans from the Freedom Caucus. This will be on suspension. Okay, so this is how he's going to pass the bill, how he's going to try to pass it. It's kind of interesting. So last week we learned what a discharge petition is. That didn't end up getting used, but it's kind of interesting to learn how this stuff works. What does suspension mean? It's a parliamentary term. Parliamentary term. It means that he wants to speed this continuing resolution through the House and get it to the Senate as quickly as possible. And the only way he can do that is to suspend all the rules. In order to fast track a bill, you have to suspend all the rules. So he's passing it using something called suspension. But for a bill to pass through suspension, you must get two thirds of the House to approve it. I never heard of this before. It's interesting. Suspension sounds like a title of a Hitchcock movie. Usually a spending bill just needs a simple majority in the House. And there's no such thing as a filibuster in the House. You only have filibusters in the Senate. Suspension is... Suspend all the rules governing the passage of a bill. But because we're suspending all the rules, you got to make sure that people are on board this. So you need two thirds of the House to vote yes. Which means he's got to get Democrats on board. It's kind of interesting. He's, he's creating a situation where he has to get two thirds of the House on board, which means he has to get Democrats on board. But if he's working with Democrats, then Matt Gates has threatened to file a motion to vacate the chair. This will be on suspension. It takes a higher threshold. 
But what I am asking, Republicans and Democrats alike, put your partisanship away. Focus on the American public. How can you, in good conscience, think of the men and women who volunteer to risk their lives to defend us, to say they can't be paid why we work out our differences. That is unfair. I cannot do that to our men and women in uniform. And so we're going to keep government open while we work our differences out and secure our borders. I don't think there's anything for the, border, <laughs> the borders in this. Maybe, uh, but not a lot. Um, and then because he's a liar, and he really is a liar, he broke a promise he made when running for speaker back in January. He promised to give people time to read the bills. That was one of his promises. But instead, he introduced a 71-page continuing resolution. He said, okay, here's the continuing resolution. You got five minutes, vote. Gave all of Congress five minutes to read a 71-page continuing resolution. And his new point man, Mike Lawler, who is making Marjorie Taylor Greene very jealous, his new point man, Mike Lawler, took to the floor and berated the Democrats before the Democrats even saw the bill. He, he berated the Democrats for not being sure if they're going to vote for a bill they haven't read yet. Here is Mike Lawless, Lawler, Democrat from New York, saying, don't read the bill. Trust us. Just vote yes. I will vote in support of this legislation so that we can keep the United States government funded and open while we finish our appropriations bills. OK. And then Republican Congressman Mario Diaz-Balart of Florida screamed at the Democrats, don't read it. Vote for it. Just just vote for the bill. This bill will fund the, gov the federal government for 45 days with a clean continuing resolution with just the addition of disaster funding. That's all this is. Let's not get too complicated. We are out of time. We either vote yes to keep the federal government open or we will shut the government down. Again, this is not very complicated. We either vote to keep the government open by voting yes or vote no and take responsibility for shutting down the federal government. This could not be simpler. This could not be easier. The American people are wise and they get it. It's hard to believe that some members of Congress would be confused on something so easy. But we haven't read it yet. I think this guy sold me a Ford Taurus in 2008. You know, OK, I'll throw in the floor mats. Don't read the terms of the loan. Just put your name here. The Democrats said, stop berating us. It's a 71 page bill. It's just been introduced we need more than five minutes. It looks like there's no funding for Ukraine. Can't we discuss? No, it's no. Just vote no, no. Here is Mike Lawler saying no, no. Anyone, anyone. 
Democrats or Republicans who vote against a clean CR with disaster relief is voting to shut the government down. Whether it is Ukraine funding, securing the border, or reducing spending, all of which I support, it will have to be negotiated during the appropriations process. Just vote for it. Trust us. Have we ever lied to you? Well, Democratic minority whip Catherine Clark from Massachusetts took to the floor and tried to buy some time so the rest of her caucus could read Kevin McCarthy's 71-page bill to see if this was a setup. But first, I have more Mike Lawler, I believe. For anyone to vote no on this bill, they are voting to shut the government down. And if you're saying that you support the Senate CR, but you don't support this one, the only difference is Ukraine. And if you're telling the American people with a straight face that you will shut the American government down over Ukraine, shame on you. Shame on you for not reading this bill and not trusting the most untrustworthy fascists in the history of America. So, yeah, it's basically the it's as I said earlier, it's basically what Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer ironed out last week. It's only difference is it's no funding for Ukraine, but funding for disaster relief. That's what they're insisting is in the bill. And once again, here is Catherine Clark. She's the minority whip uh, trying to buy time so they can read the bill. We would... We've just received a 71-page bill that is about keeping open our federal government, something that Democrats have been pushing for months. We are asking for 90 minutes to be able to read this bill and come to the floor with an informed vote. That has been denied. We have serious trust issues. So at this point in time, I am making a motion to adjourn. The question is on the motion to adjourn. Those in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed, no. no. In the opinion of the chair, the no's have it. Mr. Chair, I ask for a call of the yeas and nays. Yeas and nays are requested. Those favoring a vote by the yeas and nays will rise. Sufficient number having risen, the yeas and nays are ordered. Members will record their votes by electronic device. This is a 15-minute vote. So she was able to buy 15 minutes for the Democrats to read the bill. Uh, but that, you know, wasn't enough. They needed a little more time. And some say that New York Congressman Jamal Bauman, Bowman bought a little time for everyone by pulling a fire alarm. And uh, he says it was a mistake. I uh, I believe him. I do. Now, this is a picture of him. Uh, he claims the, the door was locked. He was rushing uh, to get to the floor, and he thought the red button marked fire alarm, do not touch, also was what you press to open a door. But the doors were locked, and I stand with Congressman Jamal Bowman. I do. Uh, I like the guy. He's... Uh, from New York. I'm from New York. He's from New York City. I'm from New York City. And fire alarms 
uh, you know, they're basically, if you live in Manhattan, it's white noise. We use fire alarms to uh, fall asleep by. So uh, anyway, uh, they got time to uh, read. Somehow the Democrats got more time to uh, read the, <laughs> the bill. The building was evacuated. They overreacted to a fire alarm. And they read McCarthy's 71-page bill. And here is Senator Ted Lieu. We love Senator Ted Lieu of California. Here he is coming out of the reading room after pouring through the bill. Are you going, are the Democrats going to go thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, we have reviewed the bill and the American people won. Democrats are going to support this bill. It is largely a clean CR, and at the end of the day, we're able to fund government and defeat the extreme MAGA Republicans. Okay, so it looked like the entire Democratic caucus was on board. So McCarthy's bill to keep the government funded for 45 days, and they would use that 40, they're going to use that 45 days to pass a budget. It was brought to the House floor, and remember, they need two-thirds majority, right? Suspension, starring Cary Grant and Ava Gabor. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Ooh, suspension. This is suspense. On this vote, the yeas are 335, the nays are 91. Two-thirds being in the affirmative, the rules are suspended. The bill is passed, and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. That's my Vic Berger air horn. I love Vic Berger. So after the bill passed, Kevin McCarthy, whose political obituary was being written Friday night, pretty much announced after this bill was passed that he seems to have washed his hands of the far right Freedom Caucus. So if you have members in your conference that won't let you vote for appropriation bills, doesn't want an omnibus and won't vote for a stopgap measure. So the only answer is to shut down and not pay our troops. I don't want to be a part of that team. I want to be a part of a conservative group that wants to get things done. Okay. So it looks like the Democrats got on board uh, and McCarthy worked with the Democrats. This was to keep government open and destroy the Freedom Caucus. Not so fast, right? Sunday morning, Matt Gates told CNN... I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy. Look, the one thing everybody has in common is that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. He lied to Biden. He lied to House conservatives. They all lie. That's how they get to where they are. They're all liars, unfortunately. So Kevin McCarthy 
was on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday after his big victory, and he was asked about Matt Gates's decision to file a motion to vacate the chair to punish Kevin McCarthy for his bipartisanship working with Democrats. Here is what Speaker McCarthy said. Congressman Matt Gates, who says he's going to uh, seek a motion to vacate. He's going to try to oust you, a Speaker of the House. Well, that, that's nothing new. He's tried to do that from the moment I ran for office. Look. Well, this time he says he's going to keep going. May not get there before the 15th ballot, but it took 15 for Kevin McCarthy. He uh, says he's coming for you. Can you survive? Yes, I'll survive. You know, this is personal with Matt. Okay, it's personal with Matt. And I don't think Matt Gates is filing a petition to vacate the chair. Here is Matt Gates on CNN Sunday, I think, admitting defeat. If Kevin McCarthy is still the Speaker of the House, he will be serving at the pleasure of the Democrats. He will be working for the Democrats. The only way Kevin McCarthy is Speaker of the House at the end of this coming week is if Democrats bail him out. Now, they probably will. I actually think that when you believe in nothing, as Kevin McCarthy does, everything's negotiable. Okay, but let's and I think be, he'll cut be, a deal with, be, with the Democrats. So he's saying he knows that Hakeem Jeffries is going to bail McCarthy out, that if Matt Gates files a motion to vacate the chair and they have to go 15, 20, 100 rounds to vote for a speaker, Matt Gates seems to have gotten the message that Hakeem Jeffries is going to deliver enough votes so that Kevin McCarthy can say stay as speaker. And it looks like I suspect Matt Gates, especially since there's an ethics investigation looming, I think he's going to back down. OK, well, is Hakeem Jeffries going to bail out McCarthy? Will Hakeem Jeffries provide Kevin McCarthy with all the votes he needs to remain speaker? Kevin McCarthy was asked on Face the Nation. Has Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader, said that he will? No. He hasn't said what? He hasn't said anything about what he's going to do. Yeah, sure he hasn't. They've been talking. So in conclusion, I'm going to wrap it up here. Oh, yeah, I went long. Okay. Uh, Matt Gates has gotten the call. You file a motion to vacate the chair. You put us through another 15, 30, 100 rounds to get a new speaker with all we have to do with eight more budget appropriations bills pending and funding for Ukraine. You put us through that. You embarrass the Republican Party again and make it look like we can't govern there's a House ethics investigation into your violating the Mann Act and the drugs involved, and that's going to be the end of you. So back off. Hakeem Jeffries, I think, has already quietly signaled to the Republicans that he will fill the void McCarthy needs if they vote to vacate the chair. And it's all unsaid. McCarthy just said, no, he hasn't talked to Hakeem Jeffries, because McCarthy's a liar. Of course he's talked to Hakeem Jeffries. By the end of today, everyone is going to know that McCarthy has enough Democratic votes to save his speakership. Gates 
who is universally hated, will get punished if he files a motion. He'll put up a fight. He'll kick and scream. He'll do what he just said, that Kevin McCarthy is uh, not the Republican speaker. He's the Democratic speaker. He'll do all that name calling, but he won't be filing any motions because he'll get kicked out of the House. He's made way too many enemies in the Republican caucus. And the Freedom Caucus will kick and scream uh, because Kevin McCarthy is working with the Democrats instead of them. This is what bipartisanship looks like. It marginalizes the crackpots. McCarthy comes out of this much stronger, I believe. I believe he comes out much stronger in his own party because he's battle-tested. He fought, and by fighting, he sharpened his blades. He flexed his muscles. When you flex your muscles, they get stronger. I can't stand the guy, but he has good political instincts, better than I, better than I gave him credit for. He played this well, at least for now. He lowered expectations on Friday, and that gave him an advantage. He kind of played dumb Friday night and early Saturday morning. He pretended to look weak. And when you pretend to look weak, you give your opponents an opportunity to show their hands and you see what they're holding. Uh, McCarthy now knows who in his party is his real enemy. And he knows who will never, ever work with him and he knows who he doesn't want to work with. He's, he only has five votes. Uh, he has 218. Uh, he, needs, he, he only has five, a five-vote majority. Uh, he's got to work with the Democrats. And that could hurt him in 2024. He could lose the House because of that. Then again, the American people don't want government shutdowns. They want bipartisanship. They want things to get done. Maybe he proved, unfortunately, that the Republicans do know how to govern. And that's bad because <laughs> I want the House to flip next year. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak.